0: Hello. Hey, what up? Yep. You're listening to ERCO. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. Well, we're not. I mean, we are. Technically, we actually have the headphones it. on this time. <laughs> I'm Kiss. I am Damon. And what we do here is showcase and celebrate the folks reshaping the culture of our city for the more equitable and the more creative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How you feeling, Damon?
1: I'm feeling real good, man. Coming from a, uh, a solid workout. So my energy cycle is, is kind of back on pace. I've been meditating the last couple of days. Okay. I'm, I'm re. Recentering myself and getting back in control of my energy, man. How about that's, you? Bro? That's fantastic. You know, I, uh, it's been needed. It, it got tough for a second, but I, I saw it. Mm. I can see it now.
0: Yeah, I uh, I just came from exercising as well. Ah, I am not nearly. I, I would Air say fit. <laughs> 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 I'd say one of the one of the real hidden threads throughout this show is that Damon has gotten swole over the years. Uh, uh.
1: I appreciate that man. Yeah, it's
0: uh, it's not often talked about, but the but history will show it. <laughs> Before we get to our very special guest, uh, let's run through some of the just a few things happening across the city this week. Uh, first and foremost, This add- was a
1: bad idea. I just started taking a bite of a banana. <laughs> a
0: banana.
1: I can't talk and eat a banana.
0: That's also like one put- of the worst foods to chew and Yeah, a let microphone. me put that down. I'm sorry just- everybody. <laughs> the voice <laughs> this is no good uh, up at the mca on saturday june 30th is the next edition of primetime it's this one's on footwork got a whole bunch of folks involved including dj spin of tech life uh the era and just a whole bunch of other folks so if you are curious about that peep our facebook or just go to mcachicago.org um also this thursday the 28th that's the day this that this airs On Navy Pier is the Shy Soul Fest. I feel like I saw, I can't remember who's playing it, but a whole bunch of folks who we knew. It's kind of an ongoing thing throughout the summer. And then on Saturday, June 30th at Reunion is a live taping and I believe live streamed edition of Two Queens in a Kitchen, which is one of the cooking shows that Open TV does. I've seen a couple of the episodes, it's really cool, and it would be cool to be in the building for that. So I've always been interested in cooking shows because they have to cook the food twice, and that's always seems strange to me because <laughs> we're not going to sit there for an hour and a half while, you're, while your souffle rises. <laughs> um, so if you're curious, check out how they do it. I feel like if anyone's figured it out, it would be the folks over at Open TV. You got anything else you
1: want to plug, in? I do. I uh, I don't have the details, but y'all should know anyway. Also, June 30th, uh, B. Rael, an amazing artist in the cities. you know, been doing some uh, teaching artist work with the Let Us Breathe Collective uh having an event in the park uh right there on like 50th and king drive across mm-hmm. the street from hills franciscan i believe the title is also soul fest but that might just be his exhibit that's up in the breathing room right now so excuse me on the details but i know i'll be performing i believe it's like two to seven is the time uh so yeah if you know where Hales is at if you ever be on king drive come make that move where would Rock folks be shorties. able to find more info I would I would look up B. Rael, is what okay. I would do. Okay, and he's just just know about him. We'll probably have him up here at some point, and okay. then, then you'll know the context. But just and then, know that that's happening
0: for sure. And then one long picture plug on July 28th is the third annual Chicago Poetry Block Party, which I produce every year for the Poetry Foundation and Crescendo Literary, which is Nate Marshall and Eve Ewing. Uh, this year we're going to be out west at Austin Town Hall. It's going to be a great show. Joseph Chilliams is hosting, Uh, Tasha, uh, Avery R. Young, and Brandon Marco holmes are the three headliners. We're going to have a house band with the musical direction by Akenya. uh, Uh, There'll be a bouncy house. Yeah, There'll be all kinds of other activities. It's going to be really fun. So that's July 28th. Shout out to bouncy houses. That's another hustle that the city has that is a whole, (laughs) we'll get into that, (laughs) Uh, but that is neither here nor there. Make sure you put it on your calendar. July 28th. It's going to be a great time.
1: Work. So let's get into it. As always, we have a very special person here. Uh, this is somebody I, I, I really care about. Uh, I consider a friend, someone I admire, someone who inspires me. It's so nice
0: of you to talk about me like that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I don't feel like I am I am qualified or good enough, but we have we have flirted with a mentor mentee relationship. Uh, and I, I am proud to be connected and in the life of our guest today. Everybody makes some noise. We got Caleb Altman in the building.
2: Put up, put up, put
1: We make our own sounds here yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can, you're welcome to, to join in on the sound. You wanna you wanna a bark or something? What you what you trying to do? <laughs> bark. Feel free, let loose, man. Let Any your head. Animal. Down. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. A lemur noise? <laughs> a a, no. No.
1: I've been trying to do breaking glass for like two and a half That's years. Hard. And with that's voice? the best, like, I wanted oh. to do like a, but that doesn't really sound like
0: Well, we're about to break the windows of the studio mm-hmm. just no, no, to get, just sure to get, get, get that, that down. down. So,
1: Caleb, we have a, a, a two-part question we always like to start this show with. Uh, and it's, it's around time. So define time in whatever way sits right with you right now. So time could be today, this hour, this week, this season, this lifetime. And this time, how is the world treating you? And how are you treating the world?
2: Word. So um, first, um, I just want to thank you all for having me on the show. Um, oh, you're very a welcome. lot. Oh, um, uh, am I the youngest person to be I, on the show? I,
1: I think so. Well, how it depends. Was, how, old
2: yeah, how old are you? sixteen.
1: Sixteen. Capano was probably around. We didn't have Capano. That's yes, pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are.
0: <laughs> Raven was sixteen when we had her on.
1: Ah, oh, word. So that would
0: be the only other person.
1: How what what, what, what month and how how many months you got till seventeen?
2: I almost a year.
1: I'm gonna give it to you. We're gonna make the claim yeah. right now. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. So
1: let's yes. let's clap it up. Let's clap it up for the youth. Yeah,
2: <laughs> thank you. Um, but um, in this time right now, the universe is really um, treating me well. Um, it's teaching me a lot um, over the last like year or so. It's been a change in just like what I've been doing um, from mostly organizing and activism. Uh, to more art and finding a way to bring activism and organizing to the mainstream. And then how do we use the systems that we may be fighting against? How do we use them to bring some sort of short-term strategy uh, to free people, right? So how um, am I working with brands that may have a history of um, injustice, how me working with them and, like, spreading the light on that, how does that help us? How does that push us hmm. forward um, and not just be a Band-Aid to the issue? So that's where I'm, like, learning yeah. right now. Yeah.
0: Where are you at in that question uh, of how do I balance these things? How do I make sure it's useful and not just replicating?
2: Yeah, I think I'm a very spiritual person, uh, so I really trust, like, my gut. And just like I can sleep on things. Hmm. Um, So, like, right now, I don't know. I'm in an awkward stage of like, where, when and where is it appropriate to bring in um, larger name brands and larger name people and influencers? When and where is that necessary? Um, And I find it necessary. And the moments where we need to spread light on issues, right, where we need to tap into um, different and larger platforms that we may not have access to um, and bringing those resources and that light onto um, our issues. Um, But also, I think it is not necessary um, in leadership positions. So when we're talking about uh, police violence um, in the city of Chicago, and I'm calling on say, for example, the Chicago Teachers Union to do some sort of curriculum around police violence in the city, I won't be centering the teachers, right? I'll Hmm. be centering the experiences of young folk and then the history of policing in this city. Um, So that's just like um, what I'm trying to balance. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I I think before we get back to the present, let's go back to kind of Cause we've known each other for a while, kind of all yeah. three of us, y'all closer, but to, you know, we've, we've been in circles, in many circles mm-hmm. and many moments. Yeah, yeah. Um, where was kind of your, I always ask where's people's entry point and it seems almost silly with you. Um, but like, what is a moment, whether it's the first moment or not, where you felt, uh, like at home in a conversation or in a space, uh, that was challenging power? And it doesn't have to be, like, big political yeah. power. It could be, like, your parent.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think, like, um, so growing up for me was really a challenging thing because, um, one, I'm super tall. I'm like, <laughs> sits four and I hate sports, like, mm. and anything physical. So I think that was the challenge. Like, yeah.
0: actually, you actually hate it. Like, yeah, like... I mean, that's for sure. And the plight of the tall non-athlete is, it's not spoken about enough, Yeah, I can imagine.
2: It's, it's oppression. I think it's, it's <laughs> systematic, and I think there should be books written about mm-hmm. tall people who mm-hmm. hate and you doing just put tall those things. Bo- you put
0: those books <laughs> into <doing tall> it. <things. laughs> what else would you categorize as a tall thing?
2: I just feel like, um ducking like <laughs> I, so like
0: in my house that is a real, <laughs> hard thing to do you have to duck
2: That's, we hate I, I because i always seem to like hit my head so uh, i think it's very problematic
0: any other any other things you'd characterize as tall
2: things tall things um are doing, you often
0: asked to yes, get things off of shelves for people
2: and like lifting things but yeah. then it's just not like simple things it's like 20, 30 pound things, and I hate doing physical things. So it's just like we're in the same boat.
0: And if someone can't reach something and they ask you and you can, you can't really say no. Right, because that's privilege, (laughs) right?
1: (laughs) It's a a real thing Yeah. Just like,
2: nah. (laughs) Good luck, kid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're expected. Uh, It's a a duty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And sometimes people take that for granted. On
1: on a more serious note, so you know, I really care about you, Caleb. So I have concern for you just often mm-hmm. in the world because you, as a young person, one, like you act tall in the like mm-hmm. social political sense, right? Like you you you, you are bold um, and you are seen. And then also like your physicality in combined with like your your social presence makes you look and seem older, yeah, yeah. right? And so with that being like, you know, in the Tamir Rice-esque, you know Mm -hmm. legacy of that just being a danger overall for young black people Mm -hmm. uh but then also interacting in space right like if you get into like a little Mm -hmm.
2: whatever with one of your classmates
1: who's five four right like you just look more
2: aggressive mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah
1: and so how do you find a way to like have perspective on the fact that in both the way that you speak, and the way that you operate, but also in the way that you look, you come off much older than, like, your experiences or your time that you've been able to develop. I, I, I worry about, like, you know... I worry about you. So so what do you think about like how you have to maneuver that and what has that taught you yeah. uh, in terms of uh, uh, finessing?
2: Yeah, so going back to just like where I come from, um that's always been a challenge. Um not mm-hmm. only for like people in my tribe and in my village, but also like my family. Um my grandmothers um who were very um centered in my life. Um they were always nervous and scared about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um but I've learned Um, Just through a lot of, like, spirituality and through a lot of, like, um, listening to the cases of um, people of color, black boys of color, um, of marginality, of uh, being poor and all of those things, listening to those stories and saying, okay, this is something that is larger than me, right? But then also how do I ensure that I come home, right? And that's not to say that, like, these people um, who've been murdered by the police and murdered by self-appointed vigilantes um, didn't worry about coming home, but it's just an extra protection and layer that you have to um, put on every time you walk out of that door. Um, but then also, just like on a political um, scale, um, I think that my body, I use my body um, as a way um, to literally stand out, right? Mm-hmm. I use my voice as a way to literally stand out um, because you won't see um, a lot of young black boys from the west side of Chicago who um, are voluntarily going to the mayor's office and um, protesting as that, right? Um, so that, but then also, how do I make sure that I bring the con- to the conversation those who are left out of it, right? Um, so that's that's kind of how I balance um physically being a black person and a black uh, man with lots in the world, but then also on a political spectrum, how do we how do I balance that? So um I think it's a lot of just like spiritual um practice, um mm. a lot of focus and vision and being um aware of yourself um and then also um yeah not yeah. being at places where you feel like you're not comfortable because yeah. I feel like when you don't feel comfortable, something's telling you that. And yeah, and you said you trust your gut yeah, and you trust, trust your instincts yeah, like yeah. that.
1: Ha- have you seen The Matrix?
2: I have part of it.
1: Okay, I had to check on a generational tip. But <laughs> I-, I say that, and it's not, this is not random. Um, so as We always ask yeah. our <laughs> that at about <laughs> 16 minutes <laughs> the So, you know, as I've grown into not just a radical consciousness but, like, a radical politic that, like, requires action is very difficult to interact with the world, right? And I've talked to you about this before. Like, some of the concern I have for you as just, like, a, a high schooler moving through the world with such a, a crisp, radical lens and view on like all of that is wrong and all of the intersections of oppression my dad oftentimes as somebody who just had like street consciousness Mm -hmm. like sometimes feels bad like man maybe i gave you the red pill too soon right Mm -hmm. like helping me see that school was bullshit but like knowing that i needed to like finesse my way through it or just that most normal people who follow the rules Mm -hmm. are like kind of being passive yeah. actors in the and world and
2: manipulated yeah, yeah, yeah. and,
1: and I'm, I'm being finessed you know right. and so that's like another thing of like do you ever feel exhausted because you're still trying to figure out like yeah. you know your body and you're still mm. trying to figure out like how to talk to people you're, yeah. you're but you also know the history of like imperialism you know what I'm saying? Yeah. so do, do, where do you find that that is like clean and like an advantage for you but also how does that like add to just the the struggle of adolescence
2: yeah i think like um for me my main critique even as like um a young person nine ten um was always just like i was a smart butt like nobody like (laughs) i always i was the rebel i'm Mm -hmm. the one that's gonna challenge um you're gonna have to wait and I don't know how I feel about it. I have to like wait it out. That's the type of person I am. Um so I think like that has always been ingrained in me just to like ask questions and be critical of everything um, and sometimes that gets you in trouble right if mm-hmm. you're uh, critically uh, analyzing the curriculum of your school and saying that like <laughs> history isn't taught the way that it should be yeah, um, yeah and most people
1: figure that out once they get out of school yeah <laughs> no, <laughs> right right
2: but it was it was different um, when you do the unlearned before the learn. yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it, it was one of them Um, And you always have to um, really sense each moment and just being like, what would be more effective in this moment? Is it effective of me calling out something wrong in the curriculum? How is that effective? Or is it um, more effective of putting that in a a way that is digestible for not only... um, myself but also my peers and my teachers Um, and that in a way that allows them to also reflect and analyze that as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, that kind of reflectiveness is what I see from you better than, and this isn't even like an agent, like just better than people in general, Mm -hmm. is you are doing the kind of like weighing and analyzing and thinking, just using your your head in ways that most people don't. Yeah. Um, And that, to Damon's question, whether it's about like, the structures around us or just in general, like walking through the world can be very tiring. And you mentioned spirituality being a a part of that, like how you do that. But um, to whatever degree you want to go into it, how do you deal with that tiredness of one, trying to make sense of everything and having more tools to do that than most. So you're actually getting like closer Mm -hmm. and it kind of makes sense. And then also the frustration of seeing people do things that based off the logic you understand, they're doing things that are illogical or like, they're not willing to take on the challenge the way you are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I think like this also taught, this is what like organizing taught me. Um, Hmm. It's just like meeting people where they're at. Um, Not everyone um, can talk about historical oppression and connect that back to before um, black people or African people were on this continent. Um, and how do most people can 't connect um black immigrants um to brown immigration and see how does liberation for immigrants um help us all right mm-hmm. um so that 's tiring um when you 're trying to put such when you 're trying to literally destroy uh your like Thought processes um that were taught to your peers, taught to either um even older folk um who are even elders that's hard um because it's just like we all come to the table with different experiences and those experiences uh shape our paradigms, right? Yeah. And uh,
0: people don't tend to react well when you tell them they're wrong. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, right? no, no one can ever... Not no one. That's extreme. But 99% of people, which is not much yeah. that's
0: extreme, <laughs> cannot admit there's, being wrong. There's this wrong. one dude in Montana <laughs> who's open to it.
1: Um, I So I, I hear you meeting people where it. I, I, I bet you... I'm pretty sure you told me one, but I can't remember. I, I, I bet you you got some real funny stories of maybe you didn't quite meet them where they're at yeah or especially I, i'm really curious like on a uh, a teacher or faculty level like has there ever been a paper or like a project uh, yeah. or an assignment where you might have like went a little too hard but i'm sure it was like yeah. kind of funny and gratifying
2: yeah i think i just like <laughs> history and english yeah, that's, are my are the words. like favorite <laughs> subjects mm-hmm. in school like you can't tell me the be quiet in those classes <laughs> because it's just like, now math math and chemistry, other people can have those, but <laughs> m- like English and history. Um, but I feel like I always put my spin and put my politic into any like type of writing that I do, um, whether that's to write a poem in class or also to do um, paper about Haiti and Dominican Republic. Mm. Um, so I feel like... Um, Especially my world studies teacher, he has gotten it the worst. Is from this me. a current
0: teacher or yes,
2: Mr. O'Brien? Ooh.
0: Oh, by name, yes. <laughs> yes. We call it about.
1: So, so give me one. Like, I want to hear. Like, I want to hear. Like the the essay title that like blew his mind, or we um, started
0: with well, actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah um
1: you don't know what you're talking about mr o'brien one,
2: yeah, no <laughs> o'brien oh, more like o'lion yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, i hope he does not find this uh, oh, we're sending uh, it to him we're yeah. finding the News no, no, the no, no. Express
0: with not the <laughs> news of caleb
2: o'brien <laughs> <Right. laughs> um, ergo can take that heat we do not have <laughs> what's up mr
1: o'brien coming. come yeah, see yeah, us yeah, yeah. <laughs> mr
2: o'brien has um i i mr o'brien is actually like one of the smartest like History teachers I've had, right, um, and right. one right, that doesn't myself, really like, he doesn't bow down. Like, I come from a, a place where, like, pretty much everybody in my circle we have similar mm-hmm. politics. Like, okay, some of us are more left than others, but okay. Um, but he's the type of person that's like, okay, I'm gonna tell you the history um, and through, and I, I'm gonna give it to you how. CPS wants me to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you how um, pretty much history wants um, to be given to you. But he uses it in a way that makes us challenge, right? Mm -hmm. You have to bring your personal, like, if you don't bring in something that you're inspired by to Essay in his class, you won't make it. Um, And this is as a person, like, so it's a scale out of five five is just like extremely well um four is like you're doing really good three is like um where they want you to be at two mm-hmm. is really where they want you to be at but i've never like really had to do much reading in that class or just like because it's just yeah. like w- you bring whatever you want so one essay in, in particular was just like the Haitian Dominican republic um Essay and also my op-ed where I was just like we must stop consuming Black Death. Um, it's one that's uh, actually published on Truthout.org, um, and they they <laughs> just bring that in yeah. for your essay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, actually, like the whole sophomore class had to like analyze it, and it was used. At, so that they could write their own op eds, uh-huh. uh-huh. uh, but it was did you like, get
0: an A
1: on that assignment. <laughs> absolutely, I,
0: they didn't agree. We're, we're your, right. your analysis was not. You did not criticize yourself. Yeah,
1: you have at all. the op ed, yeah. your own op ed.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was more that I had to help other people, mm-hmm. and that's that's harder for me because it's just like I can't force my politic on like. Um, welfare for this person's op ed. But really I went in deep in the op ed is just like really disgusted with like how we see um black bodies as being um something that can be consumed mm-hmm. um on a daily basis um and just like black suffering in general. Yeah. Um it's something that's historic. Um it's something that I can tie connections back to lynching and um back to before slavery and the auction blots and just like the consumption of black death and black suffering is something that really troubles me um and i also in that piece i wrote like i I spelt america with kkk it was very a poetic piece um Mm -hmm. and it was very powerful and some people um took it the wrong way it's just like okay shouldn't We'd be worried when anybody's suffering is put on the front line, but it's just like, no, I have to be specific in my um, story and experience as a black person. Um, so it's been multiple times.
0: And also, there's just not a lot of videos going around. Yeah. It's not like right? that's yeah. a that's a weird one to all lives on. Yeah. yeah. All and videos th- like that's just not but a- then,
2: <laughs> the interesting part is that, like, I even get criticism from, like, young black men hmm. um, and and. I think a lot of it is rooted in just, like, ignorance and um, something like experiences that they haven't had. Um, But a lot of it is also just, like, rooted in the state of our communities and just, like, not... Even, like, we think about Black Lives Matter, we think about movements, um, and we think about all oh, how kumbaya black folk are when they want to shut down streets, right? Or how kumbaya, like, black children are when they want to fight for education. And to me, it's just like, no, we're, we have a lot more work to be done in our communities, Um to even continue to build the foundation for liberation.
0: And people might just disagree on things. Right, yeah. That's the other thing, you know?
2: Yeah, but I think, like, it's hard to disagree on, like, inclusion and representation and, like, respecting each other. Um, And, like, for example, gender norms in our uh, school is something that's really problematic and something that I've tried to bring to the forefront. Um, But how do you, right, teach um, or help young folk who look like you who their whole lives been taught that like trans folk are he she's right Mm -hmm. and that like derogatory terms and like fat right all of those things so um how and some of those things like even i was called as a teen so Mm -hmm. that's like how i branched into this like how do i tap into like being the different um but right um so then just like how do we teach them to unlearn those things and it's really hard um because uh, once again they come to school and then they leave it's two different worlds right it's two different spaces it's two different energies um so how do we like transfer that energy uh transform that energy at our schools to transfer it out a branch change
0: and it's also like not your main role like you oh, are yeah. also still like having to go to class and do your homework yeah, you know yeah
2: and i feel like that's also like something i struggle with because in the school it's like okay who is the racist police right who is like this person that politically conscious? you all have, mr i'm right and politically uh right and uh, mm-hmm. like it gets tiring because that's not your job, right? right. But it also is your job to make sure that representation is important. It yeah. is your job to uh, fight for freedom, and, and it is your job to carry on the legacy of the Black uh, radical imagination.
1: Mm-hmm. And, yeah. me, go ahead. No, I was just I was just thinking back on your point about gender in schools, and in the last two or three years, as I've I've spent more and more time in, in, in schools in different pockets, just realizing more to your point about how the gender binary, you know, we, we talk a lot about how, like, schools, uh, you know, teach us white supremacy, and schools teach us just to be workers, which is all, like, very true, uh, but explicitly from, like, preschool, the way the mm-hmm. binary is, like, and still, like, boys lined up. I remember uh, Dorothy Holmes mm-hmm. was doing a toy drive, and, like, mm-hmm. we would go to the schools, and, like, the way that they would separate the boys and yeah. girls to get toys. And,
0: and was, was it, like, also which toy they got? Yeah. A little bit, a little yeah. bit. Like
1: the teacher was kind of like, "Oh, this feels more like for a girl," <laughs> it, and, it, yeah. and it's not just like, "Oh, the kids are doing it." Like it is, it is part of the rule. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and then, how do like those students confront that? Like, I don't want that toy. Right? Mm-hmm. I want this toy. How do like that's not a normal thing? Um, and how how do we like include that into the conversation? Um, and schools are really. Um, I feel like schools. If we're able to change schools. Um, we're able to change the world, not only because it carries the next generation of leaders and uh, workers and people who uh, commit their lives uh, to uh, liberation, to living, to uh, surviving, but also because a lot of our politics um, is being worn to school in the book bags of young black people Hmm. and young people of color and women of color and women, right? So how do we, like, we always talk about policy and things like that that's outside of the school that can affect it, but let's talk about what's the political conversations and the, the conversations that we're having inside the school um, because those are just as unhealthy mm-hmm. as the ones outside of the yeah. school. Um, Would yeah. you go to school if you didn't have to? No, absolutely <laughs> not. You know the answer. Would you to go it.
0: to a school if it was a different school?
2: Yes, I'm really intrigued by diet, but it's just so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like shy arts, mm-hmm. um, but also right, never mind, I'm not going to. But it's just like I don't. Some It's hard to say that one specific space is going to be something that you see yourself in. Yeah. Like it's going to be struggles in every space. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say it's a school that doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah what I'll, would be
0: like three qualities of the school that you would want to go to?
2: Um. Not being in a classroom, Mm -hmm. um, that's number one. Um, Working outside and and in the field and actually learning. So I'm very, I say I'm an autodidact. I'm a a person who learns from doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I need that, like, even if that's not, like, building, but it's also just, like, doing art and Mm -hmm. those type of things. I I learn by... um, Creating something and then seeing where I went wrong and going back to fix it and keep doing that. Yeah. Um. But then also, so not in the classroom has to be outside like work experience and then also I would love to travel. Mm. Um. Keep traveling. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. You've. I know you've gotten an opportunity through different outlets to to go to different parts of the world. Um. What are some either lessons that you feel like you brought back from some of your travels? Uh, or just things that have been eye-opening for you?
2: Um, each country I've been to um, is really a different place. It's a different setting. Um, some have more similarities than others, but um, most of them um, are really unique. Um, but one is um, specifically is Haiti. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to travel with um, basically a group of my friends and peers, um, along with the organizer named Paige May and Charlene sure. Carruthers um, of BYP 100 and Asada's Daughters. Um, and we traveled throughout Haiti and learned about the history of like black um, resistance and the revolution. Um, and that trip really taught me that like, the struggle for black liberation is just larger than the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so much larger than um, the west side of Chicago. It's so much larger than Baltimore and Compton. Um, it's about freeing blackness everywhere. It's about yeah. um, being inclusive of blackness everywhere. And even in a country um, that's built off of blackness, how... And s- of a revolution. Yeah, and of a revolution of blackness, right? Um, how it can be so much anti-blackness right um internalized anti blackness but then i also got to travel on the other side um of Haiti which is also uh Dominican Republic mm-hmm. um and that that country taught me um just about being free spirited <laughs> dominicans are very like open um to a lot of things but it's also s- problematic things right um a lot of anti blackness in Dominican Republic but being open-minded and just showing that resistance is in different ways. Yeah, People yeah. like, we went to Dominican Republic, we'll go to a chocolate factory. How are they resisting different mm-hmm. than uh, school teachers, right? How mm-hmm. uh, is the church resisting different than um, a corner store giving out free food, right? So how And how do they all like come together to yeah. push uh, forward an agenda? So, yeah, those are like some lessons that I've learned. Um, from traveling, yeah. yeah. Sure.
1: So, one thing I, I I I know about you, and like you can just gather from from what you just said, you're you're an amazing learner, right? And so you're at Weston House now. I know you don't like it because it's a school, yeah. <laughs> so there's probably no like school with <laughs> classrooms. There are no you said, flights included, right? <laughs> That that is gonna um you know be perfect or ideal. Uh, but I, I do want to talk a little bit about um, a space that I know nurtured you and that before Westinghouse you had Village Leadership Academy, right? Yeah. Uh which to me is just a really beautiful and powerful space.
0: And we haven't I, even really talked we, about it. Yeah, that and, show, and yeah. at some
1: point we'll, we'll we'll get, you know, either uh Nikisha or Dio up here. Uh and I I know like personally like even that is not perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh
1: but I do wanna hear a little bit about how that space which is still a school but definitely non-traditional mm-hmm. and centers of liberation and centers organizing and centers blackness and the diaspora mm-hmm. and people of color um, you know in what ways did that shape because even the traveling right is yeah. a big part of, of of that learning experience how did that shape who you are and how you're so dynamic now at 16
0: also shout out to their photocopy machine oh, which I know absolutely. you Absolutely, <laughs> we, we have all benefited greatly <laughs> from oh, yeah, TVLA has
2: been a uh, uh, Center force for the revolution. <laughs> yeah, it's a VLA yeah. slash Kinko. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, VLA or Village Leadership Academy is a um, actually a private um, independent school located in the South Loop area, um, but most of the students come from the west and south sides of Chicago. Um, most of them are people of color. Uh, most of them are black. Um, and most of them uh, receive some sort of... Um, Scholarship in some sort of way, but VLA is really built around youth um, development, um, social change, and critical analysis skills, um, and all of which um, I've been doing. Like it's it's wild to think back. Like before I even consider myself an organizer, started four years ago. I've been in political spaces since I was the age of eight or nine. Hmm. I was talking to politicians and governors and senators and legislators. Yeah, why?
0: What's the context?
2: Yeah, um, so VLA does uh, something called the grassroots projects. Mm -hmm. Um, And those projects, each class has to do one. Um, It's K through 8th right now. um, And each class has to choose a subject that they're passionate about and uh, come up with a strategy Hmm. and a a plan uh, for the whole year to... uh, have an impact or shed light to that issue. Um so I've done things from homelessness to uh police brutality, um to incarceration, rates against black women and girls. Um we had um right now we have a I um I believe the fourth grade class um working on getting Douglas Park mm-hmm. the fourth uh, and the fifth grade. Yeah, yeah, fourth and fifth grade. Um Getting Douglas Park renamed. Um, I don't actually know who's its named after, but it's actually a slave.
1: Yeah, it's after it's after Stephen Douglas. Stephen
2: Douglas. So.
0: Um you they know, made famous in the Lincoln Douglas debates, I believe, and other things.
1: Really, I, uh, I believe. I think so. so. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. So yeah. this is a quick little, quick little moment. So um, this actually like goes around the city because Stephen Douglas is real big in the Hyde Park area, Bronzeville. So mm-hmm. there's a huge statue of him uh, on 35th and like Cottage, basically. That's that's like mm-hmm. 30, 40 feet in the air. Um, he's also basically the man responsible for building Hyde Park, mm-hmm. um, and he did that with like and the, the the property and the grounds of the University of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago and so he did that with 124 enslaved people uh and the university hasn't disclosed that um and so you know it, it's important to know that that's actually illegal so they shouldn't be able to have a private police force they shouldn't be able to have any right. city contracts. so there's a fight for reparations going on at the university uh campus uh that will be a long fight and also, Douglas Park is where Rakia Boyd was killed. Absolutely. So the students were trying to push it to name it Rakia Park, mm-hmm. uh, but she is not considered a historical figure. Mm-hmm. So the like real brilliance was okay. Instead of honoring this racist slave owner where black a black woman was killed, let's change keep the idea of Douglas Park at a an s mm-hmm. and name it after a, an abolitionist. Right. So I just think that that's a real powerful example.
2: Yeah, so that's just like um, part of the work that students and faculty and founders and board members of Village Leadership Academy are committed to doing Um, and they're committed um, through the World Scholars Program of uh, taking um, students of color, um, teaching them about a country and then actually taking them to that country and service to that country and not as um, vacation or Mm -hmm. not as something fun but something as um a learning opportunity and also they really are about community so actually the branch of daycares is called it takes a village mm-hmm. um and that's the model of like village leadership academy and just like the brand that miss hobbs nakisha hobbs and miss anita and miss gwen all put together um is just one of like our community needs this mm-hmm. we need this how do we make this happen? Um, and then how do we use the resources and opportunities at our advantage to help push us forward? Um, but then how do we use those opportunities and make sure that we aren't um, forgetting about our community or we aren't um, taking advantage and being exploit, uh, exploited?
0: Yeah. Real quick, one fun fact on Stephen Douglas. He was nicknamed, to our point about height before, he was nicknamed the Little Giant. Mm. Because he was short in physical stature.
2: That sounds like Rom.
0: <laughs> he <Yeah> was boy. <laughs> his height is given in various sources as being in the range of five feet to five feet four inches. But I feel like everyone was shorter then. Yeah, I mean, we'll never know. Anyway, that was just a little. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that we a had all the information. Education and, right yeah, you, yeah. Know, you know. <laughs>
1: so, I think you know, one thing that really strikes me. Uh, about how you interact with the world. And, we, you know, we've kind of been digging at it about how you challenge and how you, you know, are, are a challenger and not afraid to call out power. So a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if y'all have a relationship, but we had Hilda Franco on. She does. She did a lot of work with Freedom School, mm-hmm. uh, radical, you know, educator yeah, and, and and developer. So shout out to Hilda. Definitely go. What number was that? Do you remember? <laughs> it's like three or four ago. Yeah, not too far. So definitely go check that out. Uh, but what she's doing is like really... In her practice as a, you know. Working Episode with 136 people, 136. In her practice of working with young people, but also, like, in research, addressing adultism, mm-hmm. which, like, we don't really have enough language around, and then we do have the language. We don't really, like, yeah. address it in how we interact. And you are a person uh, that I think probably more than anybody I've ever met, like, as a—usually it's, like, adults— mm-hmm getting into it and like oh man look at all those things that happened to me as a child that's mm. that's messed up that shouldn't mm-hmm. go wrong mm-hmm. but you kind of like in real time are always very active and calling that out what do you think as such a sophisticated young person most people miss around the power dynamics between <laughs> adults and the construct of child or minor or
2: youth yeah um i think that like saying adultism to like even my peers is something that they laugh at um, because I think it's built into a society of just like this power dynamic of um, the older that you are, um, the more power that you have or the more hmm. uh, power to speak or the more power to um, do what you want or the power of I'm grown. Um, I, Is stay in your place, right? Um, And it's one that really um, boxes in a lot of children. um, And it's one that can be oppressive. It's one that um, can be um, humiliating. It's one that um, is just like not right. Um, But with that being said, it's not a conversation that um, people are having. And especially in the black community, Hmm. um, there is um, just like deep rooted um kind of deep-rooted like i don't know how to put it but um stories deep-rooted like respect of of like adults or like the need for respect or the adults seeking respect and i think that the way that dominance yeah the dominance right and Um, sometimes
0: those i would imagine get conflated also yeah,
2: yeah yeah um but then also just like this can go so many ways, but one of like um, the way that adults seek to get their power is one that is built off of like the the um, it's built off of like the exclusion of young people. Hmm. Um, when you see it, it's like uh young people shouldn't be having these conversations or, uh, they don't have experience, so they shouldn't be at this meeting about policy. Mm -hmm. Um, or just like, um, young people in high school, not being able to, um, talk through what they want to see in their senior year. Right. It's just like, Little things and their mm-hmm. microaggressions that lead up to this. But um, I think that it's important for adults to uh, really um, listen to young folk, um, but not only listen, but to respect it. Um, because uh, too many times we listen to young people, um, but we don't respect what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't respect that the solutions that they want to see are actually solutions that they want and need. Mm-hmm. We just think that they're asking for something, right. yeah. um, and I think. And we it's, don't take action. Yeah, it's asking, and I think like when as you grow older, um, people like say. Um, young folk are asking for something or they're asking to be given something, um, but really it's a demand because hmm. it's, a, it's a demand Because, um, especially in the political field because, um, one, it's going to help everyone when, it's, when the solution is right. It's going to help everyone because when young folk are put at the center um, and you listen to their problems and listen to what they're going through, you're automatically getting um, a start on how do we repair harm for the next generation? How right. do we make this um, this world better? And then they're also committed to that, right? So you're building uh, not only a uh, demand for change, but you're also building a um, uh, culture around, like, okay, how do we continue to do this generation after yeah. generation? And rather
0: than it being, like, a like a imagined next generation, yeah. it's like, no, no, we're the next generation. Right. <laughs> and we're here. We, like, showed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and
2: I think... Also, in the time that we're in now, like with Parkland and with like the gun reform, it's really essential for like young folk who do have a voice, who do have a seat at the table um, to make sure that um, Maya Angelou has a quote that says, I I come as one, but stand as Mm 10,000. Right. Um, How do we make sure that my one person, my one spirit, my one energy is um, not... um, a copy of the energy of other people because we all have different experiences. And I'm saying, I'm not saying like sis, um, black men, uh, talk about their experiences of trans black women. But what I'm saying is that their voices, because you're at the table their voices, um, and their representation should automatically be there. Even that, even though that, even though that they not, they may not be there. Um, they are They are there through you, mm-hmm. um, and because you have the courage of educating yourself because you have the courage of um, speaking up that they live within you,, yeah. and even though you may not have all the experiences of them, you have the connections to them um, to bring them in
0: yeah. um,
2: when it's needed. I well,
0: like that as like a complicating idea to like like it's not about representing them, it's mm-hmm. about bringing them with you
2: yeah.
1: So I would like to go deeper on your perspective about this time and this moment, especially that's been like galvanized by the Parkland shooting, but it's really been in the the build up for mm-hmm. the last yeah, you know yeah. three to five years. Uh, you know, it, it's it's centering uh, gun violence and gun legislation, but I think it's a it's a bigger moment of mm-hmm. like youth or teen organizing or political activity. So as you saw all the walkouts and saw all the the you know the actions and protests, not just in Florida in Chicago but throughout the country um in the world in the world yeah. right like with as with everything there's strengths and limitations to it um, and there's some I'm very tempered in any like critical analysis as a quote unquote adult cuz I think it's just very powerful and necessary for young people to be on the streets but as a young person who's not just young and doesn't just have opinion but also has experience and, you know, you got OGs in this in this organizing game. And, and I would love to know your perspective and where you feel this is and the trajectory of history as you understand history and also where you're seeing some limitations or contradictions. And then maybe I'll say what I think yeah. after, after
2: you give me permission. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but, but please give me permission. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but right now, so, like, my role right now and how I'm, like, Um, approaching most of what's happening right now is through the writer lens. Um, How do I write about what's happening? Um, And through articles, through um, I'm actually writing book through like a, a different uh, outlets. How do I talk about what's happening? Um, I, because I think word and the written word and like the spoken word is the future of like resistance and hmm. um, the past. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, absolutely. But it's definitely the future <laughs> yeah, because I sure. think people are going to move away from mainstream media as a whole, um, and it's going to be a lot more independent. And, Shout out uh, to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. word. You know, yeah. Um, But what's happening in Parkland and what's happening throughout the world is something that really excites me, but it also terrifies me. Um, And I'm writing right now about this, but how I put it is just like the proliferation of like the social media activists Mm -hmm. and the like spread of like this woke moment um, versus a woke movement. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we're in a time where we have, we're in a moment um, because, and I say this, what? Uh, because I think the Parkland um, movement—it's beautiful—but I haven't heard demands, and I haven't heard strategy behind those demands. I know that, like, they're calling um, Congress and like elected officials, which is all things that we need. Um, but it's going to take more uh, than that to actually. Um, change things especially if you want to talk about gun reform um and then also another part of it is just like um it's a lot it's a lot of different ways that we can um talk about these conversations and talk about these problems and have tangible solutions right now Mm -hmm. i think that the um, march for our lives movement in parkland i think that um it hasn't been um, they haven't given a demand that has tangible, um, solution to communities that are affected. I think that also when we talk about, like, organizing activism, activism is not just protests. It's not just sitting in. It's not just a shutting down, right? Um, activism, activism is moving yourself, right? Um, Organizing, to me, is moving people to find power. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why I uh, I make a difference between activism and organizing... Right now, I see a lot more activism than Mm -hmm. I see organizing, right? You're moving people, the individual person, to come out to more of your marches, um, to maybe sign a petition Hmm. online, uh, to donate $5. Um, But organizing is what we need um, to change the power dynamics that's happening. We need organizers um, to uh, stop political campaigns for mayors who uh, seek to destroy uh, people of color. Uh, We need... um, political campaigns to uh stop the nra um we don't need more marches we don't need um actually we do need more marches we do need more Mm call-ins and we do need that things but i'm just saying that the strategy has to be long term uh, one of liberation if we look at uh, the black panthers and the civil rights movement um they had a strategy um of okay how do we build power each week each day To turn this around and not how do we do the same thing we did yesterday um, and keep implementing those same strategy Um, and we really need to realize that like we're talking about complex issues um, that have destroyed families and have destroyed people and activists and organizers um, but we need to be strategic and just like who we put out on the front um, and I think that that's something I'm really nervous about with Parkland is that it's too many of the, we have the Emma, we have the uh, Daniel, we have like, um, we have these leaders who deserve their spot and uh, they deserve their outlet and they deserve, deserve their platform. But that can become dangerous um, because when MLK was the front of the civil rights movement, they killed him. Yeah. Um, when Malcolm X was the front of a movement, they killed him um, with um, just like a nation. Or, or of, beyond
1: death, you can then make them vulnerable or compromise. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, we have um, people...
0: Or like, they could become whack. That's the other thing <laughs> yeah. that, that happens from now And that has happened back. much more, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> more,
2: than, more likely than being killed, they're going to become whack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But then also, I think, like, um, in <laughs> this moment of just, like, Parkland, I've been organizing um before parkland and like really in the black lives matter space um and organizers I'm used to organizing at a level that doesn't have so much money behind it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so when you see um parkland and you see all these resources and all these celebrities who um gave to them um one thought was okay now where would they where were they when we were organizing yeah. um, but then another one is just like okay they're here now and how do we stretch and make sure that um the resources are aren't just benefiting a certain um nonprofit? um and we know that the nonprofit industrial complex is real um yeah. man it's 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 a it's, complex it's now here.
0: that's something it's that now melissa here. dupre i saw her at uh she yeah. was hosting a gallon she goes Make sure you donate because uh, the nonprofit industrial complex—it's a complex. <laughs> <laughs> so one example of that—that that is just a new one that's been really blowing my mind—is with all these, uh, the like child separation and detention mm-hmm. that's been you know happening over the last uh, has been publicized over the last few weeks and has been happening for a long time. All those th- all those um, centers are run by. 501c3s. Right. Mm. Right. Those are not federal prisons or state Mm. prisons. They're not state facilities. There is no. So when we say, like, our money is going to actually, our money, you know, we're paying the salaries of ICE. But we're actually not paying for those. Like it is completely private money mm. that's running those facilities. Yeah. So and they don't have to pay any taxes on but it, and cr- they're getting paid crazy.
1: But what's crazy, it's crazy. It's not even. It's often not even like private money. It is public money with private decision. Yeah. Right? Oh well, so that too. So you get granted from the state right. to then not be and accountable. to Rahm yeah.
2: Emanuel yeah. has a history of that, and yeah, um, that's where I'm at right now with just like, okay, Parkland, y'all ready to show up for us, right? we have a mayor who has a history of systematic injustice and corruption and just all terrible things. Um, are y'all ready to show up for mm, us? Mm. And are y'all ready to um, put your money where your mouth is? Um, are y'all ready to um, help uh, young folk actually change stuff um, and not be another nonprofit that share, uh, that sells shirts um and do marches and at the yeah. end of the night, don't think about the those um, who are most affected and don't think about how how each day we can be grabbing more folk mm-hmm. um, to put on the boat back to the uh, promised land of liberation and of freedom. Um, so how do we get those that may be floating, some may that be drowning, how do we pick them up and put them on a the boat even though they're wet and they may be a mess, how do we continue to engage with them and turn them um, from allies, I mean, from enemies to allies and people that are ignorant to people that are with us. Yeah. I, love
0: <laughs> I love an extended metaphor. I
2: love an extended metaphor.
1: I have like three or four p- thoughts on the moment mm-hmm. and how it interacts with movement, if that's okay. Do you, you get permission, Caleb?
0: Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: So first, like before I say anything, uh, it's just, it's always important that activity is happening in any f- mm. sense, right? Like we just need more people to be participating even, even if like flaw or even, I'll even say, even if like wrong um, from my perspective, even if like harmful, there is something, uh, in the long scope of history in terms of how anti-democratic our system is of people participating. So that's first thing first. Yeah,
0: the more active ultimately the better. Yeah. Um, yeah. But
1: I think the the, the one thing that's, like, the most obvious uh, is, like, obviously on the right, there's this dismissal and this real ageist, adultist, like, um, invalidation of young people's consciousness. Uh, But I think even maybe equally as dangerous is the, the cooptation and the tokenization mm-hmm. of young people yeah. and the exploitation that really not only like the nonprofit industrial complex is benefiting from, but the, you know, atrocious the, democratic party. Yeah, right. And so I think the, the, the lack of, um, I think cynicism or separation from this booty resistance that these Democrats are trying to put up to Trump, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. it, it is, is, is one real thing. Um, And then, like, a couple other points I think of, like, just limited viewpoint that I think works really in the favor of power uh, is, one, I think the gun legislation debate should be less about, like, background checks and small reforms, but actually uh, a structural critique on systems of representative government Mm -hmm. to go towards a more participatory system. So the fact that like 90 Mm percent of the country wants something to happen and these 435 people can say it's not going to happen is not like, oh, let's make those 435 people
0: yeah. It's like, do why the hell do the like, oh, 300 sh- million people not get to we yeah, right. this, <laughs> <of> <laughs> this should invalidate
1: the concept of a congressman. This should invalidate the concept of a senator. And we should figure out new mechanisms on how to govern ourselves.
2: Yeah.
1: What? And then another point, and then I, I really want to hear about the, the tokenization, because that's something I've been worried or try to be very careful about your position in the city. Mm. Because you obviously are like phenomenal in real ways and we want to send to you. Mm. But then also it's like, oh, let's... Check the young box let 's call Caleb, uh, so I want right, to hear your perspective yeah. on that, but just on the just on the politics, uh, the thing that I think is really so here 's my, my story so I was actually accidentally in the West loop right <laughs> as the Chicago march was ended from <laughs> CTU. So it was like chaos and pandemonium, just trying to get some food. I had to like park.
0: Now you know how all those people yeah, felt. That, I, that was sure, really you funny, know. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so
1: I had to park like seven blocks away uh, to like go to my restaurant. So I got to see a lot of people coming and leaving. Uh, so it was a woman who obviously lived in the West Loop who had just came from it with her son. So she <laughs> was like walking her dog after, and like the parade of bike cops were coming by. And so she just did this march about guns. And was screaming, "Thank you, thank mm. you, thank you to the cops who had guns on their hips with the march right mm. and so like the, the the lack of consciousness of how our government is the biggest purchaser of guns yeah and then there and that the conversation should be less about individuals and more about the collective entities that produce and profit from guns, right yeah. so you can stop as many people from buying them and make it illegal or make mm. it criminalize an individual who has mental health or felonies, but if More than the NRA, if the people who make guns are able to do it with no regulation, it's like being able to make heroin. Like if I was just able to produce as much heroin as I want, if heroin production was legal... But, but heroin you, distribution, yeah. not except for two of the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, those the, who the got licensed card, right? heroin. And so just having like a deeper conversation. Yeah. So those are just my points for the listeners who care. And the the the, the
0: manufacturing piece is huge in it because that's never part of the conversation. I've and, you know, it's one of the only things that the United States still exports yeah. is like entertainment. We are the number one export. War and killing machines. Some like high tech machinery and like porn. Those yeah, are like the only yeah, things yeah. America still makes.
1: That's what really pisses me off about the Democrats the most. It's like y'all, like Barack Obama, right? Talking about gun and crying and shit. It's like you, as the president, are the biggest purchaser of guns right.
0: and, and seller of guns.
1: And, and seller. And you Middle create main. the economy of scale for there to be factories, for there to be so many guns. If police officers. If everybody, if every city is spending millions of dollars to arm their police officers, right. then what it costs to make a gun demand is, somewhere is it. right? it's just basic supply and demand. Now, you, then there has to be a black market because there's big ass factories making guns all day.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. Um, that was a lot. but thoughts? Yeah, yeah those, yeah, are just, yeah. those are just my thoughts. Really yeah. Right. Um, Any
0: piece of that that you want to <laughs> talk about.
2: But I think that... Damon, you need your own podcast. <laughs> 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 I think that when we... Um, Like, especially from, like, the youth organizing uh, lens. I think that um, it's just something that isn't settling with me about uh, just, like, we have turned organizing and liberation work and freedom work into um, something that you can make money off of. Mm. Um, And it's cute. Yeah, it's cute. And comfortable. Right. It's, but... It's, it's something that's um, popular um, yep. it's a part of the culture you need to stay woke now um, and it's something just like even the Kim Kardashian thing <laughs> and just like yeah. um, that work was super duper important um, but also it's just like okay that's one um, which it's, it's important that she got out um, but also like, it's cute mm-hmm. like oh you got this woman out of jail um but then now what? And um, also
0: that it's it's not a, a a carbon
2: offset for your husband. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that it's just like um doing good in the world is something that you get a cookie for. Yeah. Um and and certain um certain actions of kindness and doing good in the world um is giving cookies versus others. Right. Yeah. Um and that's that's where it gets frustrating. Um, because it's just like, if you want to talk about youth organizing, uh, you need to fund us all, right? You need to make sure that we all feel supported. Um, yeah. but then when white kids get shot, um, then you fund them more. Like I was at uh, the elementary school Polaris, um, right next to Western house. And they told me, these are elementary school kids. Uh, they told me that like, they... Um, their school went on shut down because somebody got murdered in front of their school. Mm. Um, And that just, that really um, hit me hard because it it was just like, okay, we're talking about this at a high school level. We we live in a country where elementary school kids see this, right, Mm -hmm. Um, on a daily basis. Um, So how- Even not
1: on a daily basis. If just once in a lifetime, it's still traumatic.
2: Yeah, but it's, it's- I think it's also just like we have to talk about the repetition of like trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Like you go to mm-hmm. school and you get a, 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 a certain um, different type of trauma than you get at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then walking between home mm-hmm. and school, mm-hmm. that's a different trauma and different experience than walking downtown, right? So like it's different um, experiences. And I think that that's uh, really important in organizing. And, I, and I'm scared um because it's going to continue to become a thing that's cute and um Mm -hmm. and and it's going to be a whole um money it's going to it's going to be uh money and economics behind um social consciousness Mm -hmm. you're going to see tv shows pop up you're going to see like money's going to go into this much more than it is now um and what i that's the like role that it, I've been like trying to switch over the last yeah, year is just like okay that. now how do I be a funnel for this re- these resources um, uh, without exploiting my community and being yeah. very clear with these brands and with these a list celebrities and with their clients and management teams that like you're not just gonna come up here uh, show up Get your take some out, pi- yeah. pictures leave and. Um, not have tangible solutions or tangible things that yeah. you 're going to do and also help us do um, so that's that 's where i 'm at right now, and um i 'm just like i don 't want this because the, I feel like that 's when it 's going to be really dangerous, mm-hmm. yeah, like the battle the battle of the freedom fighter and who's who 's doing the most fighting right um, and we and see it
0: becomes a market we see yeah it becomes that, you know? a market yeah. and I think some of that is like i 'm not saying it 's because of but kind of the A jump-off point of that is Obama, like trading on that currency of that. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think back to the thing that we always talk about, which is the Grace Lee Boggs idea of like wear your identities and your affiliations and your ideologies like a loose jacket, Mm -hmm. right? Because any idea, any label, any name becomes constricting either because it gets co-opted the way we're Mm -hmm. talking about or it just becomes outdated.
2: Absolutely. And you
0: have to be able to let it go and still know who you are and then take on – and. Then have the new ideas and the new language that you use be reflective of the way that people are using language for liberation. Yeah. So you can't be afraid to say, I'm not an organizer anymore and think that that means that you are invalid. Right. Right. It, you say, I'm still doing work, and whatever word there is that applies to that is the word that applies to that. Right. But it's not about losing your membership in a club.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think that, especially in Chicago, um, I'm usually. One of the youngest, except for like people at Assad's daughters mm-hmm. and um, some Black Lives Matter Chicago youth folk, um, good uh, good kids, mad city folk. Like I'm usually one of the youngest organizers and probably the tallest organizer <laughs> in the room. But are there
0: any other really tall people in Chicago? Uh, um, I mean, obviously I know there are in the city, but I mean there <laughs> our... are.
1: Um,
2: I'm like one of the tallest. yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of of prominence. He's probably one of the tallest. I yeah. know a couple of folks who are about like six five, six seven, but <laughs> Yeah. They're, they're we kind of but they can't yeah,
2: but but uh, they can't come in here and talk
0: for yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> But just like Chicago has a really interesting organizing scene because I feel like we are good at the actions. We are mm-hmm. good at like we can shut stuff down, we can but we aren't and we're good at talking. We're good at communications and like black press and like all of that stuff but i feel like where we need to grow is pulling our liberation strategies together um and finding right finding a long-term strategy Um, because chicago i saw today chicago was like voted the most corrupt city um in the nation right now um and like if we want to take on like chicago is like the second version of Washington, D.C. Like, I'm re- reading books about like Mayor Rahm Emanuel and Daly and how they like yeah, it's not new. micro, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's, th- it's been the most correct, right, it's yeah. called
1: Chicago politics, right. right? That's
2: why they say it's like the most
0: American city, you know, because this is you can use you can map things here on a more macro right. scale,
2: yeah, yeah. And I'm just like looking at just like opportunities, I even am interested in, um. And just seeing, like, how some of the funding are people that are, like, oppressive or are connected to people that yeah. are oppressive. Um, and just seeing that, like, like a, a scholarship that I really want, I found out that, like, Mayor Rahm um, Company that, like, took housing authorities um, and, like, dismantled it, basically, um, is on the board. Right. So, yeah. like, it's just like, how do I... Do that you know. well that's gonna keep happening to you but right? i'm sorry to tell <laughs> you pretty much <laughs> all not money. get easy
1: all money is dirty yeah so, so like what, what i'm hearing from you is real because i think this moment there's a trajectory that can really reinforce privilege within spaces of resistance in a way that's contradictory and also um move the relationship too close to power and make the tactics diluted right mm-hmm. so not so like you know if the mayor can applaud a woman's march or applaud mm-hmm. right. you not even just rom, any mayor, applaud, you know, a youth protest, mm-hmm. then that action is not something that discomforts or challenges, which right. is the the whole desire Then it's perform- the Then it's just performance. Yeah. Right. Um but And so that's just a thought of just what I I hear you saying. I think it's real profound. Um, So we we do have to wrap up. So before we get to our game, uh, I I have one question. Often we interview people about our age. So we're both, you're 26. I'm 25, about to be 26. Uh, And often a question that we ask that goes really well is like, what advice would you give to your 16-year-old self? (laughs) But you are your 16-year-old self. So I want to flip it. And what would you want your 25 to 26-year-old self to stay true to? Like, what promises do you want your 25-year-old self to uphold? Because I think there's a lot of things that we learn, obviously, but also a lot of things we might let go of or might bend on or might compromise on. Or forget. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so like this file, unless the internet blows up. Will be around when you're 25. Yeah, shout don't out to blow up. To so, so FCC. So, if the internet still exists in 10 years, you can go back and listen to yourself as a 16 year old. Uh, what would you want to have stayed true to?
2: Yeah, but I've actually just done this. Uh, I, I figured wrote a, le- a letter to my um, <laughs> older self. Um, for me, at 26, um, I would say, don't be scared of. Um, one, financial stability. I think so many times organizers and activists and people in a liberation space feel like that um, because they're going against the capitalist system, that doesn't mean like that they have to give up all of them and they have to give up like the things that they want um, to to this space. And, and, and in a certain context, you do do that. But... Um, I don't want to be – I want to bring resources, if that's money or if that's education, to uh, communities. Um, But don't be afraid of that. But then also um, stick to your community. Um, And this is something that I feel like – I won't have trouble with because I'm always just like so raw and real. Um, but I I do want to keep that in my head as more opportunities uh, come my way and more bigger and bigger brands and people start uh, calling and emailing um, that I, I keep my community with me at all times. Um, another quote is I stand on the shoulders of giants, yeah. right? I can't forget about that giant that I'm standing on um, because... Somebody else wants me to be stand on their giant right yeah. um, so I, I, making sure that my foundation moves with me and um and I'm not ever leaving that um, and then a last thing would be just like um listen um, and listening to the young people of that day, yeah. um, because I think that all of the change that has happened in this world and big change has either started. Been started or ended with the participation and leadership of young people. Mm. Um, so, if you don't include young folk into the conversation, uh, nothing would change. It would just become uh, a debate and arguments and political spectrums, and those type of things. But when young folk are included into that, I feel like young folk are the glue of society. They hold us together and they um, tell us where we need to go and where like how disappointed and how happy they are for where we're at um so yeah that that's beautiful a, yeah yeah
0: and i i agree that's a really beautiful thought so speaking of glue <laughs> and holding people uh, together
1: the cornerstone we got to
0: we got to hold this together so so
1: we just had a beautiful conversation Word. we reflected on your experiences we got deep political we even we tapped at the spiritual realm Word. and those are all valuable important things. But this right here, <laughs> what we're about to do now okay. is what this work is all about. Work. Here at Ergo Radio, it's about accountability and our method of accountability is beef. Okay. So I'm really excited to hear from you about this game. Uh in this game we play with all our guests. It's called I got, it, I got it, more suspense. So there's a sect of the world, i like to say, okay. that has been running amok throughout my lifetime, mm-hmm. and we will stand for it no longer, right. Caleb Allman. Yes. And I want to invite you... <laughs> Full name. ...into this journey of resistance, and that is beef with an R&B singer.
2: Okay, word.
1: So any era, but, you know, you can stick to, to, to your time if you want. Mm. Any era, beef with an R&B singer, and why?
2: Um... This is, you're putting me on spot. Absolutely, yep. But usually I, I only listen to Black women R&B singers. But today I'm not gonna put any Black woman out there. Yeah,
0: we uh, we, we rarely do. It's it's, it's mostly it R&B happened. singer dudes. It has happened yeah. though. But Christina Milian has
1: caught some heat. She actually kind of was one of the genesis mm-hmm. of, of how the game. Yeah, started. no. So you know, it happens. Everybody's on the table. But. I affirm and uplift. The protection of black women Absolutely. and black women R and B singers. In this Absolutely. beef,
2: yeah. So today um, I'm gonna choose R Kelly. Absolutely, well, R
0: Kelly is the reason the game exists. So yeah, yeah, R Kelly so. is number one. Okay. He
1: he goes. We let's let's throw in another one because R Kelly. I is think also
2: started. Bow Wow. Um, he
1: counts as an R and B singer. Uh-huh. He's an official R and B singer. For yeah, sure. That's really funny. Um,
2: I think just like the way um, that um, <laughs> he cont- continues to protect. Um, masculinity the way he continued continues to um be complacent and just like the oppression of folk i think that like a lot of um black men um that i've encountered um also do the same thing it's a lot of bow
1: Um, wow it's a lot of bow wow (laughs) and and, and it's a lot and
2: it's a lot of r kelly's out here too um, which is terrible but i think that um we has to redefine the role of masculinity in this world that we need to um quit the labels of of people and of things um and spiritual and energies um because it just leads to um the oppression of folk um but then i i have a lot of beef with a lot of <laughs> i
1: know you have a lot of you, beef are, a, you are a beef
0: filled person I, I am.
2: and i'm <laughs> actually a overcome. vegetarian yeah. <laughs>
0: You can if you wanted to take it. Let's, you you can throw one or two if more. You beefs got some in, more beefs on your
2: chest. You on can your, your heart, it get beefs. it out here. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's Don't like work. so many more other than R and B. No,
0: singers. take it beyond. Take it beyond R and B. this is this is
2: your moment. Caleb, Caleb yeah. has beef. beef. Beef with people. Um, right now, I have beef with actually. YouTubers I thought
0: you were going to say You
2: too And I got You're coming for us (laughs) YouTubers I think that the YouTube space Is a Um A space that I'm interested in And I'm This summer Entering I can see see you doing Um I'm entering that space But It's just like YouTube has become TV at a whole different scale. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Jay Paul, who's like yeah, yeah, no, that's terrible, violence, yeah. um, but then also just like um, people that continue to be oppressive and just like the um, sexualization of women bodies and like just like misogyny. Um, I think that that has to change and we need to uh, foster something within the digital media space that protects um, people of color and young folk of color.
1: Yeah, the YouTuber thing is wild because if you say some wild shit, there's no one to fire you.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've never seen more, also more very famous people who I have never heard of or only famous up until like YouTube. their audience is all under 20 Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like they have yeah. 40 million fans the exploitation all of, of, of young people is yeah, thing yeah. and, is and
2: yeah that's real and what I'm nervous about as I like start creating more and more films and digital media projects is just like how are people going to at because I'm trying to merge art and activism and well, organizing. Oh, your
0: comment section is going to be yeah. a mess. Yeah. It, 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 don't don't engage. Yeah,
2: yeah. oh, absolutely. Not. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they'll they'll get it some other way. Right. Yeah. Caleb, <laughs> you'll get it.
1: <laughs> well, we'll have to have you back <laughs> to <laughs> much love. I, I can we could do this forever. I really I really love and care about you. So yeah, thank you so thank much you, for you know, being on so here. here. Any any plugs any you want to put out your social media do you yeah. want people to follow you are you for
2: hire for photography or art or i am like i am a, a photographer a filmmaker um a very I'm going good one no less in, yeah i'm going into the digital media space so if you need anything creative directing um i'm usually in a space of telling the stories of marginalized people um while also hiring them and also giving them uh, the resources without exploiting their stories um you can find me on Twitter at Caleb K A L E B underscore Ottman A U T M A N. Shout out to Twitter for taking my other Twitter account. Uh, they yeah, locked what it. happened
0: there? They you know, said I, mean,
2: I wasn't 13 years old. Um, well, that's
0: true. You're not 13. <laughs> <laughs> you are 16. Years old. <laughs> right, <laughs> that and it is a fact. <laughs> and
2: I've been like submitting, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, Facebook. So you, we'll settle with the underscore. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Facebook. Uh, underscore. <laughs> Caleb Ottman. Um, And then look out in the summer because I have a lot of different projects coming out. Um, I'm working with Apple. One of my films will be shown in the Apple Michigan Ave store um, August 9th. So... um, that type of stuff. I'm working on a book. It's Mike Brown Day. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of dope yeah, yeah. stuff that keep I'm working posted. on. Keep us posted. We'll yeah. keep
0: plugging it. Thank you so much Absolutely. for being here and talking Thank with you. us. And
2: much it's just up. great
1: to see you. We, yeah. We're Ergo Radio. I get to eat my brown banana now. Finally. <laughs>
0: finally. This whole episode was just an excuse <laughs> just, and my, my, a delay to my the banana. My
1: banana is oxidating.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oxidate away, folks. We'll talk to you next
1: week. Much love to the people.
0: Peace. So you're listening to Ergo, right? Which we appreciate. But you want Ergo and all your other podcasts to sound good. That's why you should be listening on Overcast. Overcast is a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now, unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store.